We've got uh, doing something a little bit different today because I've got somebody. I'm, I'm not actually preaching today. So I, there's not any hoops and hollers. Yay. But actually today we, we are blessed. I, I, I'm going to be introducing to you Frank Shelton. Uh, Frank was actually, has actually been a part of our church here at Dunkirk. Many, many. Frank, how long ago was it that you were here? So from 1999 to 2002, and uh, I am talking with Frank about coming out next year and doing some revival services for our church. Two years ago, we did a revival here and invited a a guy from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We didn't do one this year, but we're going to do one next year. And I've invited Frank to come and, and lead us in that revival. And as he and I were talking, he said, well, maybe there's a way that I can come and preach and kind of kind of garner some enthusiasm about it. Let people be get reacquainted with me and let me let people know who I am. Kind of get you excited about that. When I asked him what uh, he was going to be preaching on, he told me, and I thought, well, you know, that that was pretty much what I was going to be preaching as well. So it, it just worked that that uh, Frank and I was kind of on the same wave wavelength and if you've been with me all this month we've been talking about giving and today it's about giving thanks but as frank comes up just to let you know a little bit about him frank has served on the dc maryland and delaware he's been the state coordinator for the billy graham evangelistic association i think he's done that for five years five six years um He has also assisted in 10 states with franklin graham and his decision america tour And he's also served as the International Evangelism Chairman for the 2012 and the 2016 Summer Olympics. And you're doing it again this next summer, aren't you? So he he has been involved in a lot. And just locally, he is the school chaplain for the Southern Maryland Christian Academy over in White Plains. So, Frank, I appreciate you being with us here here this morning. And I'm going to invite you to come up and share God's word with us this morning. You're welcome. You're amazing. Thank Amen. You. Well, y'all, Christmas came early for me. You have no idea what an honor it is to stand before you and just brag on Jesus. I was here from 99. I was the first youth pastor ever here at Dunkirk Baptist Church. Dennis Felder was the pastor. And uh, after about a year, uh, they asked me to be the minister of evangelism here at the church. And uh, God did some great, great things. And it's good to see my friend Annette. She not only looks younger, she's better than ever on the drums. Can I get an amen? (laughs) But you know what? Uh, Yeah, I was going to do three things with my life. I was going to go into politics, and I did 20 years on Capitol Hill. I worked in four White Houses. I worked for the governor of Maryland. I was floor staff of the U.S. Senate, and I was a special assistant to the House Majority Leader. Now I lead a weekly Bible study every Thursday in the state capitol to just state senators and representatives. And I have a heart for public service. Um, Praise the Lord. Amen. I think the church as a whole has been phenomenal. And I'm talking about the church with the capital C has been phenomenal going after the poor. But respectfully, we've dropped the ball when it's ministering to the powerful and the prominent. And um, yes, he said the least of these, but some of these in high influential positions, they are poor spiritually and they need the Lord. Not dropping names. I got a call two days ago from Kanye West pastor from the West Coast. And Lord willing, I'm going to be with him and Kanye in Wyoming in the near future. I gave Sylvester Stallone a Bible when I was 13 years old. 
And we're now talking about possibly doing a Bible study in my spare time in Los Angeles. I may fly once a month to Hollywood under the radar because even the stars still need the sun. But I was on staff here. I was the minister of evangelism. And God was burning in my heart to just share the gospel outside of these four walls. And ironically, last week I was at the Sea of Galilee in Israel. And I remember a song that says, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And 2002, I left my retirement pay on Capitol Hill and my position here at Dunkirk. Didn't have a single booking when I left 2002. It's easy to teach faith. It's easy to preach faith. It's a whole nother level to walk by faith. And without a single booking since 2002, I've now been in 48 of 50 states and I've preached in six continents. So if God is leading you to do something, when he says go, you better get going because the ride of the life is not Six Flags, King's Dominion or Bush Gardens. The greatest ride in the park is doing what God's called you to do. I'm no big deal, but I didn't make you. I didn't walk on water for you. I didn't die for you. And I'm not coming back for you. But Schwarzenegger was not the first to say, I'll be back. His name is Jesus. He's on his way. Can we give God a loud Calvert County round of applause? Give God some praise. Amen. Amen. But pastor, you're doing amazing things. You have great leadership here from your pastor to the staff, uh, to the youth pastor, to man, that choir is phenomenal. They're so good. I've just booked them to sing at my funeral. You say funeral. I'm like, no, I'm dying to hear him one more time. Amen. <laughs> I remember in uh, 2000, I had the honor to bring Gaither vocal band singer David Phelps sang on the same platform. And ironically, last week, Grammy winner Michael English sang in Israel. And Michael asked me to come preach for him. So I was in the Holy Land with Michael. And I brought Michael coming next week in Southern Maryland. But man, what a joy, joy, joy. It is to be here. I just want to share this message going into Thanksgiving week is that the message today is twofold. It's think thanks. Think thanks. If you think trash, you'll get trash. But if you think thanks, you'll be thankful. Number two, Thanksgiving is not reserved for the last Thursday in November. It's every single day of the Christian's life. I love Christmas. Christmas brought God to man and Easter brought man to God. Mark Lowry wrote it, and I love that song, Mary, Did You Know, that this child whom you delivered would soon deliver you. The second part of the message is not only think thanks, it's giving God all that you got. Giving God all that you got. You know, I think of the word animity. You'll never minister to celebrities if you are rude to those in animity. You know, when I read today's scripture, but also I'm thankful that God doesn't need me to be known to make his name known. He doesn't require that you be famous, but he asks that you be faithful. And the interesting thing is I've learned by living proof, if you serve God when no one's looking, you won't chicken out if everybody's looking. I started out sharing Jesus by my house. Then we started sharing with Hollywood. And then I've been on Hannity. But the bottom line is everybody needs Jesus. So I love anonymity. The world is hung up with celebrity. God gets excited with those anonymity. I think of the lad who loaned his lunch to the Lord. I think of the lady, a widow, 
who saw the window of opportunity and gave God all that she had. I was in India last year. They took me to a leper colony. I didn't know they still existed. And in a world that screamed unclean, unclean, when the world walked out, the word walked up and touched the unclean. He touched them. He touched me. And today he'll still touch you. Oh, he touched me. Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me white as snow. You know, as a kid, I used to want to think of the lone ranger was my hero. But at 47 years old, the lone ranger is no longer my hero. The lone leper fires me up. When Jesus touched 10 lepers, only one came back to say thanks. We don't know his name, but I'll say it again. You don't have to be known to make his name known. You don't have to go to a mega church to make a mega difference. And when you've been touched by God, we need to graduate from the sidelines and get in the game for God's glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Thanksgiving season. And I just pray that you would help us take a step back and not only pause and pray to see how faithful you've been. But God, help us look past the turkey and the trimmings and the table and look at the triune God. Oh, God, we need a glimpse of you like never before. I thank you for Dunkirk Baptist. I thank you for each member under the sound of my voice. I thank you for Pastor and his family. Father, I thank you for Calvary County and this community. But Father, most of all, I thank you for that babe that was born in Bethlehem. Because he's coming sooner rather than later. And help us not just be content singing his praises. But help us go from keeping the faith to start sharing the faith. Because he that wins souls is wise. And the name above all names we all said. Amen. If you have your Bible, and by the way, my friend Tammy Tillman is here today. She also helped us with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And Tammy, if I ever come into money, you're now in the will. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bible, if you'll turn with me to John chapter 6, I'm going to talk about giving God all that you got. In honor of God's holy word, I'm going to ask that you stand one last time to your feet. We're not preaching the Koran. I'm not reading the Washington Post. There's something holy about the book that is holy. John chapter 6, the Bible says in verse 1, John chapter 6, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 6, after these things, Jesus went to the Sea of Galilee, which was the Sea of Tiberias. I was just at that sea a week ago Wednesday. And a great crowd followed him because they saw his miracles, which Jesus did on those who were diseased. Newsflash, all of us today have a disease. It's not HIV, it is S-I-N. All of us were born into sin. Our sin separates us from a holy God. The only vaccine in the whole world is Christ himself. I don't know how, but God can take my black, dirty sins, dip them into his rich, red, royal blood, and somehow make them white like this paper. I'm telling you, the answer is in God alone. Say amen. They were diseased in verse 3, and Jesus went to a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. If Jesus had a business card, it would not say Jesus the Christ, professional Savior. It would say Jesus the Christ, he's a personal Savior. He didn't only have time to stand up and show up. 
He sat with them. He's the good shepherd. And Jesus went and sat there with his disciples for, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near at hand. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great crowd come unto him. I believe when Jesus came to town, there was a crowd every time. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that all these may eat? And this he said to prove, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient, adequate, sufficient, that every one of them may take a little and be satisfied. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, we named our son Andrew. Why? Because every time Andrew is in the Bible, he was always bringing somebody to Jesus. He wasn't bringing him to Kanye. He was bringing him to the king of all kings. He wasn't bringing him to Dizelle. He was bringing him to divinity. He wasn't bringing him to a celebrity. He was bringing him to the coming and past crucified Christ. Simon Peter's brother said, there is a little lad here. He has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men set down. There was much grass in that place. And there was 5,000, not counting women or children. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. The disciples were sitting down and they gave the fish as much as they wanted. Twelve. And when they were filled, he said, quote, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Remember two words, Jesus saves verse 13 therefore they gather them together filled 12 baskets with the leftovers and they remained over and above them that had eight you may be seated the message today is think thanks and giving god all that you got someone asked billy graham right before you die i was in india preaching when i got the word that he passed someone said dr graham who's going to replace you he said anyone and everyone who's willing to be used by God. God wasn't going to use another man. He was going to use us all. I love casting crowns. I've had the privilege to preach with them. I love their new song, Nobody. God can take a bunch of nobodies to tell everybody about the one who came to not only live in love, but not lead anyone behind. Jesus is not on a ego trip. He's on a missions trip and he is leading the way and the lost can still come home. I want to talk to you today about anemone. First of all, we hear about the Lord, but I'm going to talk to you about a lad. He was probably born on the other side of the tracks. We don't know his name, but I'll say it again. You don't have to be known to make his name known. And Jesus in 2019 isn't just dying to save you. He's dying to use you even today. I say this in love. 9,000 Southern Baptist churches last year did not baptize one person all last year. We don't even live up to John the Baptist's name anymore. 9,000 struck out. Didn't see a single soul saved. He that wins souls is wise. God is dying to use you. He's not going to Yale or Harvard. He's already here. And if you think God can't use you, you're wrong. It's a lie from hell. The reason your rear view mirror is smaller than your car windshield because where you've been with God 
is more importantly than where you've been with the devil. So when Satan reminds you of his your past, remind him of his future because he has none. One of my favorite verses, those who have been forgiven the most tend to love him the most. I am an evangelist, but if I ever started church, it would have been Las Vegas or Los Angeles. Because I believe the worst sinners today become the best saints tomorrow when they get touched by the master. They're Ferraris with no brakes. They were going in the wrong direction, but at least they were going somewhere. But you turn them around. The apostle Saul, excuse me, then became apostle Paul. And the rest is history. Guys, I'm telling you, you don't have to be perfect to be used by God. But when you've been touched by the one who is, you're unstoppable. So here's the passage. After these things, Jesus went to the Sea of Galilee, which was the Sea of Tiberias. A great crowd followed him. And they saw his on those diseases. And Jesus went to the mountain and he sat with his disciples. Jesus lifted up his eyes, saw a good crowd. I was just there last week where they fed the 5,000. That's just men. One of his disciples doubted divinity and said, Master, where are we going to get all this bread that all these people may eat? Now watch this newsflash. What about if you all were praying for, let's just make it easy, a laptop? And who's your first time visitor next Sunday? Is Bill Gates. And he walks in, and I'd hope that you would show him love. And he comes in and sits down. But you got to go to the guy who made computers in his sleep. Do you have an idea how he make a computer? You'd be sincere, but sincerely wrong. What about back in the 90s? Your 14-year-old is now turning 15, and you're thinking a year out, i got to raise money to get him a second-hand car or something. And who comes in the following week? Back in the day was Lee Iacocca, the former chairman of Chrysler. And he comes in, and the guy who makes cars for a living, you approach him with trepidation, hesitancy, and say, do you have a clue how I can get a car? You'd be sincere, but sincerely wrong. The disciples went up to the bread of life. You got any idea how we're going to get bread? You talk about wonder bread. They were wondering how the bread of life was going to pull it off. It's one thing to doubt me. It's one thing to doubt pastor. The the disciples doubted divinity more often than not. We need to have more faith than fear. Can I get an amen? Jesus said, in the last day, will I even find faith? Fear is false evidence appearing real. They saw a great crowd. Where shall we buy bread that all these may eat? They said to prove him, for he knew what he was going to do. I may not know what God's going to do, but nothing catches God off guard. Amen. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Preter, said, there's a little lad, say lad, which has five barley loaves and two small smiths. But what are they among so many? People will doubt you. People will doubt me. But I'm telling you, trust God. You tap into God. Man will fail you. Church will fail you. Christians will fail you. Clergy will fail you. But Christ will never fail you. There's a little lad over here. We don't know his name. Now, he only got a little lunch. See, if it was today, it would have been Cheetos, Fritos, Doritos, and a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. But this little boy had his brown paper bag. Fish and bread. Are you with me? And the Savior was here, and there's 5,000 men. I got two cousins that were Eagle Scouts. They tell me they were taught, leave the place better than you found it. Don't tell me out of 5,000 men, there wasn't an Eagle Scout somewhere in the house. They were either ill-prepared or they were selfish. And to be honest, I don't know what's worse. 
See, this Thanksgiving season, we need to think thanks. We need to give God what we got. Not because we're earning our way to heaven, but praise God, we're already on our way to heaven if you're a kid of the king. So there's a lad in the corner and he has his lunch, but he sees the Lord. There's the lad and he sees the Lord. And watch this, he can hear his stomach, but he can see his Savior. And Christianity is not a spectator sport. He's in the corner. We don't know his name. He probably was born in a broken home. On the other side of the tracks. And there's the lad, there's the Lord, and there's his lunch. He hears his stomach because it's growling, but he can see his Savior who's nothing but grace. Well, the real men stand up because, to be honest, most of us have been sitting out. 5,000 men, MIA, missing in action. 5,000 men could have, should have, would have. Didn't do a thing. 5,000 men acted like a kid. And praise God, we got a kid in the corner who acted like a man. Because when 5,000 men sat out, we got a brother from another mother who stood up. Jesus said, let the kids come unto me. Oh, a childlike faith. I'm just saying this in love. People told me when I quit here in 2002, it's all good. But I had a chairman of deacons at the time come up to me and said, Frank Shelton. You'll never make it as an evangelist. 99% was totally in the corner. It was just one. It's okay. But I said, brother in love, it's already going to happen. One, because the success is in him, not me. Two, God called me not to fail, but to follow through. The last three New Year's Eves, I preached to 118,000 people at Nelson Mandela Soccer Stadium. 36 million watched it live on television. It's not arrogant. It's just accurate. I was with President Daniel Ortega three months ago in his house in Nicaragua. God used two friends and myself to open up a Bible study in that communist government. They are now leading the weekly White House Cabinet Bible study in Spanish every week. And President Ortega just two months ago flew me back the second time. I'm on the floor of Congress with the president and vice president over my shoulder. Tom Hanks could have played me. I was Forrest Gump before Forrest Gump. And I preached the gospel on the floor of Congress. His wife, the vice president, has invited me back because if the Lord tarries, he could come back tonight. I've been invited to preach to 700,000 in one sermon next year in Nicaragua. And I've been invited to preach to 1.4 million Muslims in Pakistan in the next 16 months. Now watch this. They told me two things. Frank, you can come. But you have to be willing not to come home when you preach. I'm going to be preaching in Pakistan. I didn't quit here to play games. And I didn't get in the ministry for an ego trip. Didn't have a single booking. But I'm just sharing this because all this is for God's glory. And Dunkirk Baptist Church is a big part. In true story, there's not a Sunday I haven't gone by to preach somewhere that I don't recall what this church means to me. Can we give God one last round of applause and I'll finish preaching. Amen. So there's this kid in the corner and the disciples couldn't do anything. The adults weren't willing to do anything. And there's the kid in the corner. 
And all of a sudden, I really believe Billy Graham said it best. Take the first step and your spine will turn like steel. Once you take the first step, it will make it easier for everyone behind him. Can we just step out by faith? There's the lad, there's the Lord, here's his lunch. And all of a sudden, he's thinking, should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? And the next time you hear the voice of God to do something, think thanks. And if you're thankful, you will get to be faithful. You can't outgive God. And watch this, Christianity is not a spectator sport. God doesn't want the saints to play it safe on the sidelines on Sunday. He wants us to get from the sidelines to get in the game for his glory. Will you step out by faith? Whatever he's calling you to do, maybe it's to sing with the praise team. Maybe it's to donate money to some someone to go on a mission trip. Maybe it's to be a blessing and not a burden. Maybe it's to invite one person to be your guest all through the month of December to come to the Christmas concerts in Cantata. God is dying to use you. Don't let Satan think you've got to go to Hollywood. You've got to been to Harvard. No, no, just be faithful by your house. Amen? So there's this lad in the corner. There's the Lord, and here's his lunch. He takes the first step, and they're probably thinking, God is going to make fun of me when I finally step out. But watch this. When you step out, God will show up, and he shows off every single time. Someone asked me, Frank, how have you been doing it all these years? I'm telling you this. People may outfinance me, but they'll never outfaith me. That's not arrogant. Show me your faith, and I'll show you his favor. Flavor. Basking Robins, 39 flavors, is a taste made by man. Favor is one touch by Almighty God. And when you've been touched by God, the favor of God will be all over you. But you have to do your part before he'll do his part. Even Moses, when he's facing the Red Sea before him, mountains on both sides of him, and the enemy coming up behind him. But his sandals had to slap the sea before his sea split. He didn't part it 12 years in advance, 12 seconds in advance, 12 steps in advance. The Bible says when the sandals slapped the sea, God did his part, but he had to do his part by faith. So here's this lad, but why I loved him. It's a lad who loaned his lunch to the Lord. It was a boy who brought his bread to the bread of life. It wasn't even a man who gave his meal to the master. It was a little guy who gave his gift to God. And here's the moment of truth. He could have stuck his hands on his hips. Jesus looking at the lad, kind of cockily, but that's not Christ. And he could have said, young man, that's all you got? That's all you brought me? I'm kind of a big deal. I'm the son of the most high God. This is all you got. No, because when the men sat out, the boy showed up. God isn't going to make fun of you what you gave. I believe we're going to get held accountable for what we left behind. I want to be known as the guy who chased hell with the water gun, with tears like Niagara Falls, saying God loves you. Jesus looked at the little lad. The Bible says he gave thanks and broke it. Spurgeon said God can't use a man greatly until he's been broken deeply. Religion may have wrote you off and said, well, don't you know what you did like in 1979? No, religion may have wrote you off, but the Redeemer...
paid full price for you. And the one that the church discounts the most is the one God is probably going to use the most. There was a lad who loaned his lunch to the Lord. And at that moment, he's not standing before Trump. He's standing before the Trinity. He's not standing before Obama. He's standing before the one who is omnipotent. He's not standing before Carter and Clinton, not dropping names. I've been with them both. He's standing before Christ himself. He's not standing before Bush. I worked for W. He's standing before the Bible and Beulah land. He's not standing before Jay-Z. He's standing before JC. He's not standing before Muhammad, but the master. Not Confucius, but Christ. And not Buddha, but the Bible. And at that moment, he's not standing before someone who's good. He's standing toe-to-toe with the one who is God. The lad loaned his lunch to the Lord. We see his enmity. You don't have to be known to make his name known. Number two, we see his proximity. I was one of the only white guys playing on our basketball team at Thomas Stone High School in Waldorf, Maryland. We lost the state championship my sophomore year. Are you ready for this? One thing I learned about being on the team. Two, I know what it was like to ride the bench and I know what it was like to score 31 in a game and that's not bad for a white dude can I get an amen <laughs> when I was on the bench number one you can learn a lot from just watching people but you don't want to sit on the bench forever God's dying to use you say amen but when I would be back on the team before I would get in I would get close I'd be at the end of the bench I'd slide closer say that pumpkins my coach and I get a little closer and by about the third quarter my knee would slam up against the coach on the bench and he would get mad. He'd say, Shelton, you're driving me nuts. Get in the game. And I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. I didn't think you would say it. <laughs> Proximity. If you stay close enough to coach in Christ, he'll put you in the game. Johnny Hunt, a mentor of mine, former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, now at North American Mission Board. He said, Frank, if you stay close and you stay clean, he'll use you. Now, he can use us in the past. I'm not discarding those who've been around the block. When I go to a mechanic, I want to have somebody under the hood with a little bit of dirt in their fingernails. You don't want to go to a war with a four-star general. It doesn't have any scars. But in these last days, we don't have time to mess up because Jesus will forgive, but people don't forget. And now's the time to give God all that we got in our integrity and in our finances. I tell High school kids across America, if you have a chance to drive in infinity or develop integrity, stick with integrity. Because integrity will take you further down the road of life when that high-end SUV breaks down. We need integrity. We see his enmity, we see his proximity, and we see his posterity. They call me the white Jesse Jackson. Can I get an amen? His posterity... When everyone was out to get, the boy was just out to give. The lad, real quick, watch this. I remember a story that I learned years ago. It was two weeks before Valentine's at the high school. No, excuse me. He's in elementary school. He's in fourth grade. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina. His name's Chad. Two weeks before the public school party. And he said, Mama, I need you to take me to Walmart. And she said, baby, why? And he said, Mom, I know we don't have much money, 
but I counted. There's 33 kids in my class. Will you take me to Walmart? Because I need construction paper, glue, and crayons. And his mother said, baby, why? He goes, well, I'd like to hand make a card for every kid in my class. His mother's heart dropped, thinking that's my boy, thinking others more than himself. But she was nervous that he may not get many. And she, knowing her kid's friends, he may not get any. So she reluctantly, true story, drove him to Walmart in two weeks with construction paper, glue, and crayons. Chad from North Carolina handmade 33 cards. He was so excited the night before the class party, he ran to the school bus. Annette will tell you this. As a kid, I ran away from the school bus. Are you with me? He was so excited because he was out to give in a world who tries to get. All day long, his mother feared for the worst that he may not get many. And at four o'clock, when the yellow bus and the blinking lights pulled up in front of her kitchen window, to ease the pain, she made his favorite meal, homemade chocolate chip cookies and a tall glass of cold milk, praying that he doesn't fall apart after the party. And when the bus pulled up, he is the last one off the bus. He's staring at the cracks as he's looking, and no kid included him in the conversation. And when he walked in, his eyes just looked so sorrowful with a lump in her own throat because she could see where it was going. And she asked a pretty dumb question, baby, how was your day? And he looked at his shoes and said, mama, not a one, not a one. And she holding back her own tears, but something peculiar happened. She looked, he looked up at his mom and said, mama, with a smile, I want you to know I did not forget a single one. In this world of give and take, not many's willing to give all it takes. The military motto is all gave some, but some gave all. And the lad reminds us today, when you loan your life to the Lord, you cease to exist and begin to win. Real quick, I'm going to be faster than a Ferrari. I got nine minutes, so if I can quote what Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband. I love you, but I won't keep you long. Amen. (laughs) Real quick, look to your neighbor real quick. Point number one, it was the lad. Point number two, there's the lady. Say lady. So there's the lad, there's the lady. 2,000 years ago, Jesus is sitting in a sanctuary. It's a synagogue, and the Savior's giving the sermon. And all of a sudden, he's up front, and in the back, you could hear a little bit of commotion. And watch this. The disciples doubted divinity with the feeding of the 5,000, and now they're doubting divinity again. They're passing the plate, and all of a sudden, there's a widow who throws in two embarrassing copper mites that when it hit the copper of the offering plate, I believe it made a sound, an embarrassing sound, with like surround sound speakers. And just in case the crowd missed it, Christ heard it. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that woman has given more than the rest. 
And one of the disciples who had doubted him before says, no, 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 no. Someone in 2019 gave $5,000 anonymously to the building fund. Someone gave $300 to send a kid to camp. Jesus, this woman gave him two copper mites that the Bible said wasn't even worth a penny. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, they gave out of their abundance, they gave out of their wealth, they gave out of their surplus, but she gave all that she had. She thought thanks. She gave God all that she had. And if you ever want to get the attention of the angels and the Almighty, give God what you got. Give God what you got. I'm not just talking in your finances. I'm talking in your time and your service, your kindness. Just give God what you got. See, what she gave wasn't worth a penny, but Tony Evans said it best. She had more sense than everyone in that sanctuary. Because she gave God all that she had. The lad, the lady, real quick. I was going to join the U.S. Secret Service. That may surprise you. My dad protected eight U.S. presidents. He was the assistant chief of the entire U.S. Capitol Police. Out of 3,000, my dad was the number two top D.C. cop. My family, the Sheltons, have protected the last 27 of 29 United States presidents. My ancestor, Shelton, hand-carried Abraham Lincoln across the street, Ford's Theater, Good Friday, 1865, the night that Lincoln was shot. We named our son, was born the hour Barack Obama became president. As Obama came in, the little guy came out. Are you with me? I was born President's Day weekend, 72. My son was born Inauguration Day, the hour Obama became president. My mother was born the 4th of July. If you cut the Shelton's veins, they would bleed red, white, and blue. But this is what I want to share. I was going to join the Secret Service. I was going to go into politics. We did. I was going to protect the president. I did three years with the U.S. Capitol Police, had an interview with the U.S. Secret Service, and God made it clear. I gave you a message. You can't keep it a secret. In July 2007, I left retirement, 401k health insurance, to have 20 years with the federal government by my 37th birthday, and acted like it didn't exist. I walked away from retirement, pension, and I went from flying on Air Force Two, and I've been on Air Force One. I now fly Southwest Airlines everywhere I go. But you know what? When you're doing what he called you to do, you can be in the back of the lavatory getting hit by the stewardess's cart, and it's still first class if you're doing what he called you to do. The reason I love this quick story, there was... The Queen of England, someone asked Barbara Bush, former first lady, are you upset that your husband lost to President Clinton? She said, no, he's upset. I'm thrilled. Why are you up? Why are you happy? She goes, I can't wait to go to Kenny Bunkport, Maine, to get my own mail without 37 guys with Uzis following me around. After 10 years, they lose the protection. And I spoke at Jimmy Carter's church. And they still have a few, but not near as what it used to be. The Queen of England wasn't trying to be arrogant. She left the confines of her castle. She was walking down the street. And she was ill-prepared. It's a no-no in protocol to not tell where you're going. And as she left that castle, there's not a cloud in the sky. But out of nowhere, the most intense storm of the summer season came out of nowhere. Lightning crackled across the sky. She's 2.3 miles from the castle. She's ill-prepared. She doesn't have an umbrella. 
it is raining cats and dogs. And she's so soaked to the skin, no one knew who she was. She humbly went to the cottage, knocked on the door. You hear all these latches unlock. It opened up about three inches, and someone barked at the queen, not knowing who she is. What do you want? She didn't say who she was. She just said, may I borrow an umbrella? They said, lady, it's your fault. You're ill-prepared. Bam! Slammed the door in the queen of England's face. She was humble. She said, thank you. Went to cottage number two. Pouring down rain. No one knows she's gone. Comes to that cottage, knocks on the door. All these locks unlock like a hotel chain. What do you want? She said, can I borrow an umbrella? They said, lady, it's your fault. I got two screaming kids. I got soup on the stove. Didn't even invite her in. Better luck next time. Bam! Slammed the door in the queen's face. You may have lost it. She went to door number three. Soaked. Tried one more time. All these locks. May I borrow an umbrella? She heard the word wait. There wasn't even an overhead to keep her dry. She soaked. She heard wait. She humbly stood. And what seemed like an eternity, five minutes later, all these locks unlock. They jammed this umbrella through, slammed it in her face. And true story, I am not embellishing. When she opened up that umbrella, it was the most pitiful thing you can picture. Three of the four quadrants of the umbrella had broken holes. Gaping, cracked ribs. Maybe you would have lost it. She said, thank you. In 2.3 miles in the most intense summer storm with the most pathetic umbrella you can picture, walked all the way back to the castle in the pouring rain with an umbrella. It was worth nothing. 7.05 the next morning, three jet black armored Rolls Royces pulled up in front of cottage number three. And a man in full military uniform, patent leather shoes, medals on his chest, chiseled jaw, looked like the best of the best, the U.S. Marines, but in the U.K. 707, he's out of the Rolls Royce. He's walking across the lawn of the third house. And at 708, this woman comes downstairs in a robe with her hair in curlers. She looked like Ouija, George Jefferson's wife. Are you with me? <laughs> Moving on up, he looked at her and clicked his heels and saluted with his medals coming off the summer morning sun. Ma'am, the Queen of England thanks you. And in his right hand, returned the beat-up, broken umbrella. But in his left hand, a brand-new umbrella with the royal seal embroidered on the side as a keepsake. Took a step back, clicked his heels, saluted and said, Ma'am, the Queen of England thanks you. At 7.09, he's walking across her front lawn. The chauffeur to open up the door at 7.10. He sits in a $302,000 car. And that was just one of three. And as he jumped in, the woman could be heard screaming, What did you say? He got back out, pivoted, clicked his heels, saluted, and said loud enough that everyone on both sides of her house could hear, Ma'am, the Queen of England... Thanks you. And her words were this. My Lord, if I knew it was the queen, I would have given her my very best. And this Thanksgiving season, there's going to be a day real soon when you stand not before the queen of England, but the king of all kings. I'm doing my best.
Are you doing yours? There's the lad who loaned his lunch. There's the lady who gave her love offering. And with 60 seconds, the lad, the lady, there's the Lord. One gave his lunch. One gave her love offering. One gave his life. But they all gave some. Some gave all. The Lord, as he climbed up Calvary's cross, the American dream is going from rags to riches. He went from riches to rags. He went from Beulah land to Bethlehem to be the bruised and battered land that taketh away the sins of the world. He was worshipped above. He was rejected below. And he that knew no sin became sin. He was born in a wooden crib and he died on a wooden cross. And I was just there four days ago. The borrowed tomb, watch this, this Christmas season. God used a borrowed womb with Mother Mary and a borrowed tomb of Joseph Arimathea to make room for you and I. It's the only tourist attraction in the whole world that folks come from around the world to stand in line to look at absolutely nothing. Because we don't serve a dead God, we serve the living Lord. As you walk out of that tomb, it says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Confucius is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Organized religion is dead. But Jesus is alive, and he's on his way, and he's the only way to heaven. Would you give God one last Dunkirk round of applause, and I'm done. I'm going to ask kindly if you stand to your seats all over the auditorium, if you'll stand. Today we talked about giving God all that you got. There was the lad, there was the lady, there was the Lord. And I'm just going to ask this, with heads bowed and eyes closed, and if there's someone who would like to play something softly, you can at this time. I'm going to ask two questions and two questions only. I really believe God wants to do business this morning. If you're here today, and you know that you know that you know, if you die tonight, you know that you're on your way to heaven. Not because you're so good, but because Jesus alone is God. You know that there was a time in your life that you repented of your sin. You trusted God by faith. You asked him to save your soul. You know that your name is in the book of life. You don't have a doubt. I like what one person said in the past. If you're 99% sure, you're probably 100% lost. First John 5.13, you want to know why the Bible was written? He said, these things I've written unto you who believe on the name of the Son of God may know you have everlasting life. Jesus didn't die that you could hope it. He died that you could know it. Are you here today and know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Because if you're not, I'm not throwing lightning at you. I'm throwing love at you. I have good news. God loves you. And it doesn't matter the past. That's why he came. Because none of us have it all together. But I promote the one and the only one who's never dropped the ball. If you're here today and not 100% sure with Christians praying, people still just draw an imaginary circle around you. Right now, just between you and God. I want to submit this sad quote to you. Hell is too long for you to be wrong. You say, oh, Frank, I don't believe in hell. Hell believes in you. 
they're just waiting, licking their lips for you to die or him to split the sky because there are no atheists in hell. Yes, I said it correctly. You say, Frank, how is there no atheist? One, one nanosecond in hell, everybody was a believer. But see, the problems, the demons, the devils believe and tremble with fear. It's one thing to have Jesus in your head. Do you know Jesus in your soul? If you're not 100% sure, I'm not even giving away religion. Newsflash, personally, I despise religion. Religion has started more wars, confusion. Religion will deceive you and discourage you. And I know we're in a biblical place. It will doom you. But a relationship with Jesus is the only one to deliver you. I preach Jesus. I got ordained SBC. JC's bigger than the SBC. We worship nothing but Christ himself. If you're here today and not 100% sure you're going to heaven, I just want you to whisper this. Say it out loud or whisper it. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. You're the Savior. I heard that Jesus died for the world. I realized in Dunkirk, Maryland, if it was just me, Jesus died for me. I want to repent from my past. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the nails didn't kill you. My sin did. I deserve hell. But by grace and faith, I can go to heaven. Not because I'm good. Because Jesus alone is God. They put you in a tomb for three days. But you rose again. And my trust is in Jesus alone. Take me to heaven when I die. And be my best friend on earth. In your name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it today, would you just raise your hand with no one looking at the count of three? One, two, three. Keep them high, keep them high. Keep them high, keep them high, keep them high. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Question number two. I want everybody to look up here at this time. We still don't know the name of the lad. But preachers around America are still bragging about him today. But ultimately, it's all for Jesus. I believe it's going to be over real, real soon. I don't want any bullets left in my gun. And if God made you to be an eight-cylinder car, don't you be content only giving God four cylinders. Because if he created you to run on eight cylinders and you show up meeting him with four, he's going to be disappointed. Have you given God all that you got? And I'm going to ask at the count of three, and they're going to begin to play. I'm going to ask a different type of invitation today. 
I'm gonna ask you to picture the boy had had his lunch and he thought he didn't have much, but little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. If you're willing, whether you're 10 or 75 years old, when I count to three, if you're willing to graduate from the sidelines to get in the game, I'm going to ask you to just slap Satan in the mouth today. And by symbolically coming, you can just stand or kneel at an old-fashioned altar, and that's going to publicly tell God and the world, I'm graduating from mediocrity. I'm going to get in the ministry. You don't need a degree on the wall to be used by God. If you're saved, you're already in the ministry. Whatever your hand finds to do, just do it for his glory. But he's coming real soon. And if you're interested in giving God what you got, I'm going to ask you to stand with Pastor and me and just say in 2020, I'm going to have 2020 vision and I'm going to be on all cylinders for Jesus. If you're willing, he already is. And I believe God is dying to see a move. You come, one, two, three, all over the auditorium, you come. If you're willing to serve God like that before.